Good morning. Very warm welcome to our service of worship, and I'd like to especially welcome anyone who's visiting uh, or worshipping with us for the first time. Everyone is warmly invited to stay for tea and coffee after the service, which is uh, through the door on my left along the corridor in the large hall. As we gather together to worship God, may we all know God's loving presence here with us. It says in Psalm 113, Praise the Lord, you his servants. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised, both now and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is exalted over all the nations, his glory above the heavens. So let's worship God as we sing our first hymn this morning. Mission praise number seven, all creatures of our God and King.
prayer, let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you created the universe by your word of command, and so we come humbly before you this day to give you our praise and adoration, for you are the source of our health and salvation. You are our creator and our redeemer sending your only Son, Jesus Christ, into our world to experience pain and death for our sakes, taking away our sin, becoming one with us in our sufferings, and bringing us new life and hope by rising from death. Lord Jesus, our living Saviour, we thank you that you died for us stretching out your hands on the cross to a world of hurting and lost people. We praise you that we can put our hand into yours, knowing that you will lead us and hold us throughout our lives, supplying all our needs and far more besides. Forgive us for so often going our own way, clinging to what ultimately can never satisfy. Forgive us for doubting you when times are hard, questioning your ability to lead us safely through. Help us to put our hands in yours again, in simple trust, quiet confidence, and eager expectation, knowing that whatever we face and wherever we may find ourselves, you will hold us firm. <coughs> Loving Lord, you have touched our lives by your grace. Help us to respond in gratitude through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power and the glory, forever. Amen. Morning, everybody. A wee while ago, we were thinking about happy faces, yay, and sad faces. But does anyone recognize this face? You reckon? <laughs> Maybe we're a wee bit stern, a wee bit grumpy. I know that one quite well sometimes. Sulky, ooh, bad tempered, ooh. Oh, you remember that one. Okay. <laughs> and sometimes we're bad-tempered and grumpy and a bit sulky with our friends, aren't we? Sometimes we can say the wrong thing. Oops. Sometimes they say the wrong thing to us and it makes us feel sad. And maybe it just feels really grumpy as well. I remember being grumpy at school with a friend and she was grumpy with me and we were like, <laughs> stomped off and we didn't talk to each other for days. 
actually didn't make me feel really good at all because I actually felt really, really lonely because I didn't have anyone to talk to. <coughs> well, do you remember last week Gavin was talking about Psalms? He was talking about songs that King David wrote and he wrote a psalm, a song about being lonely, about being all alone, all alone because one day um, his friends were really nasty to him. People were talking about him. They were really bad towards him. And he felt on his own. He felt all alone. He couldn't speak to anybody. And he thought, hang on a minute here. Isn't God supposed to be near me? Isn't God supposed to be with me when I trust him? And he's good to me when I do so. Where is he? And all day and all night he thought, where is God? Where is God? And then as the morning dawned, as the sun came up, he, it dawned in his mind, hang on a minute. God is always near me. God was there when I was just born, when he, I was a little baby, when I was a boy. And even when I'm a man, God is always near me. So he got out his pen and out the paper and he started writing a song. I trust that God is near me. God is near me all the time. And he was able to write that and he believed that God was with him all the time. And so we can believe that God is with us all the time because he is. If we trust in him, he's always there so that whatever we go through, whether good things or bad, we can trust that he's near to us. Now, I've got a really simple action song. Woohoo! <laughs> and the tune is really simple. Who knows? Are you happy and you know it? Clap your hands. Yes! Good. One. You all know the tune. That's wonderful. Can we have the words, please? Now. Now, we change the words from you are happy, we are happy, and if you're happy and you know it, to God is near me all the time. Yes, he is. God is near me all the time. Yes, he is. He's above me and below me. He's before me, in front of me, and behind me. He's around me all the time. Yes, he is. Got it? Do you think we could do that? So let's sing it through. <coughs> we'll sing it through once and then we'll sing the first verse again. And then we've got God is near us all the time. Okay, so I'll sing the first verse, then you sing, and then we all sing. Okay, so, oh, it's up a wee bit. Help. God is near me all the time, yes he is. He's above me and below me, he's before me and behind me, he's around me all the time, yes he is. Wonderful. God is near me all the time, yes he is. Do you want to stand up? God is near me all the time, yes he is. He's above me and below me, he's before me and behind me, he's around me all the 
yes he is. God is near us all the time, yes he is. God is near us all the time, yes he is. He's above us and below us, he's before us and behind us, he's around us all the time, yes he is. Well done, thank you. Well done. Let's have a little prayer and just before we go on to the church news. Lord, we thank you that you are with us all the time. You're above us, below us, you're in front of us, you're behind us, you're all around us. Help us to trust in you that you are near us all the time. Amen. So we come now to hear God's word read. Our reading this morning is the whole of Psalm 19, and you'll find that on page 552. This is headed for the director of music, a psalm of David. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise and simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden fruits, fault, forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, my rock and my redeemer. May the Lord bless this reading from his holy word. Amen. Now let's continue worshipping God, singing hymn, mission praise 486. Now thank we all our God.
Let us pray. Father, you have so much to teach us. And in this stillness now, Lord, may we know your peace and your presence and discover more of who you are just in that getting real with you. Amen. Well, last week, Gavin started a series on um, getting real with God today. Help. (laughs) So let's start with a difficult question then for getting real with God today. Who do you align your heart and your mind with? And meaning, whose life do you reflect? the way you are, the way you think, and what you say, and what you do? Is your heart overflowing with Jesus? It's really important to know this, how how you think, what you say, what you do, because what flows from our heart affects all of our being. Jesus talks in Luke 6, 45, about how a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. It's interesting because there's a, a Christian cognitive neuroscientist called Dr. Caroline Leaf um, and she's written a book called Switch on Your Brain the key to peak happiness, thinking, and health. And she says, research shows that 75 to 98% of mental, physical, and behavioral illnesses come from one's thought life. What you are thinking every moment of the day becomes a physical reality in your brain and body, which affects your optimal mental and physical health. These thoughts collectively form your attitude, which is your state of mind. And it's your attitude, not your DNA, that determines much of the quality of your life. So what we choose, what we choose to think, affects the whole of our being. So it's so important to know the truth. And that that as Christians, that we have the mind of Christ. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's good will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so today in, in Psalm 19, verse 14, the psalmist, King David, is thinking about the words he says and what he thinks about the state of his heart. May these words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. 
He's wanting his heart and his mind to be aligned with God, to beat in the same time with God, to seek him, to know him, to have that personal relationship with God, to reflect him so that his heart is filled with everything of God. And one way David does this, as we see in the first four verses, is that he sees God in everything. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. Can you not just imagine David at the end of the day? He's had a hard day. He's dealt with lots of people. He's maybe anxious or worried about things. He's got so many problems. He's the king of the whole of Israel. And he comes out of his room and he looks at the sunset. He looks at the colors bathing the earth. And he looks up. And there are the stars coming out. He stops to pay attention to creation. Everything that is on his mind drains away. He lays them down and he sighs in delight. Wow, look at that. And he reflects on his God, how great you are. The heavens declare your glory. It's all about the creator. Creation shouts about the creator without even a word. And I can really reflect to that because it reminds me of a story when I was in my university days and I had the burdens of the world on my shoulder. And I was actually walking along, looking at my feet. I was dragging my feet and I was looking at them as I was walking along because I was completely consumed by everything that was worrying me. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, chip, 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 this swarm, it was like a swarm, this flock of birds, tiny little birds, swooped down in front of me popped about in and out of the bushes, happy as Larry, not a care in the world. And instantly, the verses of Matthew 6 came into my mind. Do not worry. You are so precious to me. You're more precious than the birds. Won't I give you everything that you need? I've got all your problems. I can handle them all. God had sent me these birds to shake me out of my worries, to shake me out of my thoughts. And sometimes he he does that. I can be even driving along the car and out of nowhere, this bird swoops in front of the car. It doesn't matter how fast I'm driving. It swoops in front of the car and instantly I know that God is shaking me up and waking me up and saying, don't worry, I'm here. 
I've got it. Listen to me. Look to me. I've got your problems. Creation awakens us to God. But it's not enough. The word of God does even more. And we find that in verses 7 to 11. David reveals how much we need God's word, his laws and his commandments, his perfect, righteous, trustworthy ways. Because it says that they are like the purest gold. They are like treasure. They are the sweetest thing that we can ever have. Nothing else compares. And as we follow God, his word, he refreshes our souls. He brings joy and light to our eyes. We can have a clarity and an understanding of what's happening because God is speaking to us through his word so that we actually shine. Our hearts are full of God. And as we go in deeper with God, as we grow to know him and understand his ways, verse 7 says, we become wise. And we begin to understand the fear of God, which means a deep respect of God, an awe, a submission, an obedience to God. It says in Proverbs 2, 1 to 6, My son, if you accept my words, and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it for as silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. So God's word is for our benefit. It's to make us shine. It's to fill all of us, our hearts, who we are. It's about knowing his character and what he can do for us in our lives but also what we can do for him because he wants us to live in a relationship with him, truly live with him because he knows what's best for us and he has a great reward for us if we truly follow him. But you know, God will not give up on us either. Whatever we have done, However far away we feel from him, he doesn't give up. He will never leave us. He's above us, below us, before us, behind us, all around us. God is enduring. He's firm. He's like that strong, firm anchor that is unshakable and trustworthy. We just need to come to him. And David understands all of this. 
in Psalm 19, it's like a testimony from David because he's gone the distance with God. He knows God. He knows the rewards and he's experienced the benefits of following God. In verses 12 to 14, it sh they show David's deep reverence <coughs> excuse me, to God and obedience to God where David wants to please him. It's not a duty. He wants to be like God. But he looks at his own heart and he is deeply challenged because God's laws are a self-awareness of what we are really like. They reveal the state of our own hearts. They reveal the things that need to be changed, that needs to keep us away from the willful sins. David knows he's not perfect. He's not God. And it's because of his sins. Who can discern his errors, my errors? Only God. Yet he looks to God, the rock, whom he stands firmly on, and his Redeemer, who delivers and frees him from his sins. And neither are we perfect. We think, think and, and say and do the wrong thing. But God has sent us his deliverer, a saviour. Sent us a deliverer, that is, a saviour, Jesus. And it's only through Jesus that we can be free from that sin once and for all. Because we see in the Old Testament laws that David is in, the Old Testament, the laws demand perfection, utter perfection, the unachievable. We cannot fulfill that. And so God sends Jesus to fulfill that law because God loves us. And Jesus stands in the gap between us and God. He is that perfect mediator. He takes the punishment for all that we have done and he pays for it on the cross. Just imagine like all the sins are on our back and we put it on the cross. We put it on to Jesus. We transfer it onto Jesus. And Jesus takes that punishment and dies for us. The debt is no longer, it, the punishment's no longer in us. The debt is paid in full. It's cancelled. It's like the blackboard covered with all our sins is rubbed out. It's clear. It's clean. It no longer exists. We are free from all of that punishment. We are totally forgiven. It's wiped out, never to be remembered again. It's like the dirty rags of our sins that we're wearing have been removed. <laughs> we're washed completely clean. We are no longer bound 
to that sin. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus has won the victory over death. And we receive this freedom and hope of everlasting life when we choose to believe in Jesus, if we recognize him as king in our hearts and what he has done. Romans 10, 9 to 10, if you speak out, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. What a sacrifice. And we have done nothing for it. Yet he loves us, and he calls us through his creation to come to him that we align our hearts with him, to become more like him, to know his word and follow him, to develop a deeper relationship and a fear that will constantly challenge us in the state of our hearts and our minds in what we think and say and do. So who are you aligning your heart and mind to? Are your hearts full of Jesus? Are you living in that freedom and light and wisdom that he can give in the fruit of his spirit? That is love and joy and peace, patience and kindness and goodness, gentleness faithfulness and self-control. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life and he will show us how to live because we matter to him. He loves us and died for us so that we could live freely to no longer be held by that sin but to be filled with him. I just want to end with a song that that was written by Graham Kendrick called All I Once Held Dear. All I once held dear, built my life upon, all this world reveres and wars to own. All I once thought gain, I have counted loss, spent and worthless now compared to this. Knowing you, Jesus, knowing you, there is no greater thing. You're my all, you're the best. You're my joy, my righteousness, and I love you, Lord. Now my heart's desire is to know you more, to be found in you and known as yours, to possess by faith, 
what I could not earn, all-surpassing gift of righteousness. Knowing you, Jesus, knowing you, there is no greater thing. You're my all. You're my best. You're the best. You're my joy, my righteousness. And I love you, Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Father, there is so much in this world that can distract us, that can point us in the wrong direction, that can take us away from you and the truth of your word, the truth that you love us so much that you would send your son to die for us. And that, Lord, that you've got a solution for all of our problems, however deep, however difficult they are. Lord, we thank you for your creation that declares your glory, that we can see you all around we thank you, Lord, for your word that has so much depth to it. Lord, thank you for all the gifts that you want to give us. Help us to turn our eyes and our ears to you, to see your love to see the joy that you have for us, to see the wisdom that you have for us in our lives. And we want to be overflowing with you, all that you are. Help us this day to know your presence in every way, in our hearts and our minds. Amen. Now let us sing Mission Praise number three, um, Abba Father.
We come now to our prayers for others. Let us pray. Sovereign God, Lord of all the earth, you call us to pray for this world you have made, for which you have given your life through Jesus, your Son. And you call us to pray for our leaders, to remember those set over us. So we pray now for those in positions of authority. We pray for those in Parliament, in Westminster and Holyrood, both government and opposition. In all their decisions, give them a proper sense of the responsibility entrusted to them and grant that they may work not for themselves, but for the good of all. We pray for the Queen and the Royal Family. Help them to cope with the constant glare of publicity and media interest. Give them wisdom and strength in fulfilling their duties, to offer inspiration and encouragement to the nation. We pray for the various government agencies, locally and nationally, our armed services, and those in the emergency services. With all the difficulties and dangers their work involves, give them integrity, courage, patience and resolve, and grant them your strength and protection. We pray for those in our courts and legal services, for those faced with complex moral and ethical questions, and having the power to greatly impact people's lives. Grant them honesty and wisdom, firmness yet sensitivity, that they may act justly and uprightly for all. We pray for head teachers, lecturers and all involved in education, entrusted with shaping the lives of young people. Give them insight and understanding, the ability to communicate well with staff and pupils and the support they need to fulfill their duties well. We pray for leaders in your church, ministers, elders, office bearers, locally and wherever your people gather in every land. Grant to each vision and discernment a living knowledge of your presence and a daily sense of your guidance to fulfill the calling of Christ in serving his body. Gracious and loving Father, we pray now for those in need, those who are hurting, those who are bereaved, those who suffer pain, those who are recovering from illness, those who suffer injustice, those who are exploited. Bring to each your healing presence and your peace and strengthen all who work to bring freedom and the alleviation of suffering throughout our world. We pray in particular 
for the families of those who died in the lorry which came to this country, with those who came in hope and expectation of a better life, but instead suffered cruelly at the hands of people traffickers. Almighty God, we pray for your comfort to surround all those families in Vietnam in their uncertainty and anguish and grief. We pray too for the authorities and all who work to help people caught up in trafficking and modern day slavery. Lord, have mercy. Send your spirit among us to revive us, to renew us, and to inspire us to be your lights in the darkness, bringing the love and the hope of Jesus Christ, our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. We continue our worship now as we bring our offerings to God. Heavenly Father, all we have comes from you. Our world so full of beauty, our lives so rich in blessing, our faith so laden with joy. Receive now these gifts we bring to you and teach us to use all that you have given to us responsibly, generously, prayerfully and lovingly to the glory of your name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We conclude our service of worship as we sing our final hymn this day. 
How Great Thou Art, Mission Praise, number 506.
And now the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, guard your hearts and your thoughts in Christ Jesus our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you this day and remain with you always. Thank you.